Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to The Bird Calls. I'm your host and contributor to TheBirdRights.com, Preston Ellis. And today we are recapping the 2018-19 season schedule announcement. And we're doing it with one of our newbies, Mr. Chris Connor. How you doing, man? Doing all right, man. Happy to be on. All right, let's give you a plug. It's at Impatient Bull. And we've had you with The Bird Rights for, what, about six months now? Man, has it been that long? I don't know, man. It's it's been a hot second. Uh, Chris, no, nah, it might be. Yeah, it might be. Chris and I go all the way back to the Pelican debrief, and we've all. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary. Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Also got a new team member. We want to give a big shout out to Charlie Gonzalez, as well as Charles LaRocca, who's been with us for probably about a month now. We hung out with him at Summer League. He's going to be writing for us this season as well. And Chris, before we get started, go ahead and plug your work on the Canal Street Chronicles. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, As everyone knows, the first preseason game jumped off yesterday against uh, Jacksonville um, and one of the most noteworthy performances came out of the backup specialist or quarterback whatever you want to call him right now Jason Hill and um, it was definitely a show I, I would for sure say uh, the right now what people were calling it of course every time he's on the field it's the Taysom Hill experience so I wrote a little bit about him about how his first uh, performance as a as a quarterback for the Saints went in preseason and I was full of fun, full of joy. So um, yeah, I mean definitely go check it out. I put it up, I believe about nine o'clock this morning. Uh, comments are pretty pretty loaded right now. So it was a it was a fun piece, fun time watching the game yesterday as well. All right, nice work and big high five to all of our Saints fans that we have listening with us right now. Let's let's get it right now, Chris. Uh, we have 13 nationally televised games for the Pelicans on both ESPN and TNT, four of them in January, three of them consecutively at Golden State, at Portland, and at Memphis. 
The one gripe that I have with this is four of the games are in New Orleans. Nine of them are on the road, but I'm not mad at it. I'm thrilled to be watching the Pelicans on the national limelight. Chris, let's take a look at some of these games. Point out some of your favorites, some of the ones that will be the most interesting to watch. Uh, Of course, we've got the Pelicans with DeMarcus Cousins uh, in Golden State on October 31st. Which games do you have circled on the schedule right now? Well, right now, I mean, I, I think I may be a little a little old fashioned or uh or or playing with this right now, but for me it's it's November first against against Portland. Going going into Portland. And that game will be on T N T on a Thursday. Um and I guess I just you know, early in the season and who knows how they how they will how New Orleans will start the season uh, uh as we as we open up in mid October, but I, I look at that Portland game and I just think about the, the feelings that it will bring back in regards to the the sweep that we saw take place against Portland and just and just how how rabid the the uh, fan base and the team was. It was just a special time. I mean everybody was active active on social media. We saw a bunch of memes and, and videos and just it was really a fun time to be a Pelicans fan for for a decent stretch. And you know, we hadn't felt that in Quite a, I mean, arguably since the last time they had they had made the playoffs there um, in uh, 2014. So um, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, Portland's always always a tough place to play, no matter what happened in the playoffs. And they've they've given us troubles in the past. So I'm looking forward to this new look Pelican team against Portland, seeing how they come out. And I mean, it should definitely be a fun matchup. That's the one I have circled for sure. Definitely a lot of hot matchups on the schedule right now. And uh, you don't really have to look too far into the schedule to get to a good one. Uh, Not opening night, but the night after opening night, I think October 17th at Houston, that's going to be on ESPN. And this one is important for a variety of reasons. The Houston Rockets were kind of a a benchmark for where the Pelicans were last season, January 26th with DeMarcus Cousins when the Pelicans were able to take them down 115 to 113. And the new look Pelicans are going to be put to the test right from the get-go yet again against Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella and that gang. And following up that contest, the Pelicans then have four games at home, Sacramento, LA Clippers, Brooklyn, and Utah Jazz. Three of those, I think you'd say, Chris, are very winnable. If the Pelicans can manage to get that opening night upset in Houston, it's conceivable they could come out pretty hot 5-0, and and they might need to because after that game, they go at Denver, at Golden State, at Portland, as you just mentioned, at San Antonio, and at Oklahoma City. Chris, how important is it to the Pelicans to get out to a hot start? In the Western Conference, it's it's uh, it's extremely essential to to start out start out strong. I mean, we we've, uh, we've seen New Orleans start out slow out the gate, or start out you know 500, going back and forth for a little bit before picking up steam in the past. And with the West getting even tougher this off season, I, I mean, it's going to be even more important for them to come out strong for once and not start out sluggish. They may not be able to afford to have to play catch up. You know the West might might take 50 wins uh, to even secure an eighth spot this year. So you know you look at from a team that a lot of people have has question marks about, and you know we have to see how some of these new faces fit with what we saw take place at the end of last season. But you know when you, for when it comes to morale and uh, team chemistry and having that fan base stay stay with the Pelicans all season, um, and just you know just having those guys feel feel confident and you know and secure about a lot of the moves they were made i mean i i, I think it's it's very important that they start off you know i mean over 500 or, or, or start off good i mean we look at the uh, beginning of the season like you mentioned 
And after that, after that Houston game, you got Sacramento, you got the Clippers, you got Brooklyn. Those are all important games uh, that they 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 must take advantage of. And then after that, you you got Utah, and then um, I know we're going to talk about some of the hardest stretches coming up. But after after that Utah game, that's when things get a little a little murky and, and difficult, and they start a, a road trip, maybe one of the toughest, arguably one of the toughest stretches of the season. Uh, so if they can start off and beat teams that they probably should beat, whether, you know, you look at on paper or just uh, for basketball reasons, uh, can really can really uh, help them as the season progresses and those dog days uh, approach. Definitely. And that's also going to be six games in, in nine nights from October 26th to November 3rd. And I want to dive a bit deeper into this, Chris. The beginning of the season is so critical for a variety of reasons, many of which you just mentioned. And I want to trace it back to last year, whenever the Pelicans had a couple of injuries, most notable to Rajon Rondo, Drew Holiday, uh, had a bit of a bumpy start moving to the two. And of course, uh, there were some injuries to Anthony Davis. At one point, the Pelicans were forced to bring in Jameer Nelson. And it, it kind of uh, it kind of submarined the, the start to the Pelicans season at that point. Uh, just playing 500 basketball for pretty much the first, I, I want to say up until December, whenever Anthony Davis had that infamous interview with Rachel Nichols, it wasn't until January that the Pelicans got a couple of games over 500. And with all the the momentum from the Portland Trailblazers series, as you just mentioned, how how focused do you think, not not focused, how much, uh, let's let's say, continuity do you expect from the Pelicans coming out of the gate? Do you think they're going to come out gangbusters? Do you think there's going to be a little bit of experimentation with Alfred Payton and Julius Randle being insert, inserted into the lineup? How focused do you think the Pelicans will be on the floor coming out of the gate on October 17th? That's a that's a loaded question there, uh, Preston. But I think, I think health is going to be the key, as it always is with this team. Um, when you bring up when you bring up last season and you know slow starts in the past, health has always been tied into um, them starting off slow, having to overcome this guy being hurt or multiple players, key players, and it just you know and by the time they get things going in the seasons that you know that they've been mediocre or a lottery team, it's just it's often been it's often been too late, you know. Um, so I think if they can stay healthy, they can get a full training camp, a full preseason. I think they're going to be great. I mean. Um, I love the guys that they added from a from a uh, a chemistry and a personality uh, uh, perspective, and Julius Randle and Alfred Payton and some of these other hungry hungry young guys that you know we'll talk about down the line and and uh, Blewett and um, you know uh, Green and so on and so forth. Uh, and then I mean even hell even even Jalil Jalil Okafor coming in with something to prove. Uh, you know who knows exactly what what guy is going to stand over another, what the rotation will look like. But they look like for the first time in a while, not only do they have a bunch of guys that want to be here, they want to win, and you, you have others that had some success last season. Um, and if you can have health going into that when you have uh, one of the best players in basketball in, in Anthony Davis and, uh, you know, Drew Holiday being, uh, being his sidekick and Julius Randle and, and Nico and company to that mix, I mean, I think uh, if health, you know, if health is in is in good standing, uh, they could definitely come out as a unit and come out strong together. And it would be their first time being able to do that, I would say, in the Anthony Davis era. Nice point. The Pelicans have struggled with injuries. And last year when the Pelicans only lost Drew Holiday to one game, Anthony Davis to seven games, uh, it was their most productive season since uh, back in 2014, whenever they got advanced to the playoffs on that 
final night season victory against San Antonio. Uh, let's continue, Chris, into the schedule. Obviously, you mentioned November uh, has has a, a pretty brutal stretch, and we chronicled that, I want to say, six games in, in nine nights from October 26th to November. Wow, this is pretty tough. Uh, third, I want to yeah. say, and, and then the fifth, Oklahoma City, and then they get a bit of a reprieve with Chicago and Phoenix. Let's go into December when the Pelicans actually have a pretty favorable schedule. The second through the 10th, the Pelicans again have six games, and it's at Charlotte, home for the Clippers, home for Dallas, home for Memphis, at Detroit, and then uh, a tough one at Boston. Where are you next pinpointing um, a, a, t- a more typically easy stretch in terms of uh, Pelicans wins and loss totals? I mean, that was, that was, that particular uh, stretch was the one I was, I was looking at uh, if we, uh, because thinking about it, when you, when you look at the Pelicans and how they, some of the games that they struggled with last year, it wasn't always the games that you would, you know, against tough star studded matchups. It was the Sacramento's of the world. It was, it was, uh, it was Charlotte. It was, it was teams that they played that they, on paper, should have been able to beat the New York Knicks. Uh, you could go on and on with teams that, or whether it was from preparation, effort, energy, whatever it was, they came out flat and they were either A played catch up all game or they just didn't have it. And then you would see them come out and play a team that they had no business being in the same building with if, um, if you believe the, the product that they had just put on the floor. And then they would go into Boston and win a game in overtime. Uh, so I think a stretch like this, like the one you name, and I think it's a 10-game stretch, in, including the game November 26th against Boston, which, you know, that's not going to be an easy matchup by any means, but if you had to pick what you'd rather have them, you'd rather have them at home, that stretch is going to be crucial. If they, can take, if they can take care of business and stresses like that, I mean, I looked at the schedule, man, and uh, out of all the back-to-backs that they had throughout this whole schedule, that's only one where um, both teams in each matchup had a winning record last season, and that's uh, February 22nd against, on the road against Indiana. Um, well, no, well, no, I'm sorry. That actually, that one isn't even it because uh, the Lakers don't uh, didn't have a winning record last season. However, with LeBron, you, you're going to treat them as if they did. So the toughest back to back that I, you know, that I saw uh, on the on the uh, schedule was the 22nd against Indiana on the road, and then you return home on the 23rd to play the Lakers. Um, the back-to-backs look a lot, a lot less stressful. We, you know, we all remember last year where they had to play like, uh, what was it, like three games, like three games and three nights. I think it was like five and seven nights all together, something ridiculous like that. Uh, the schedule looks looks to be a lot more balanced for them uh, to be able to take, you know, take you know some tough losses here and there and bounce back and not have to worry about uh, exposing as much. Uh, as much energy and preparation to, you know, you, you go from Golden State to Houston. After that first stretch in the beginning of the season, um, they have a shot to really get some things going. I mean, if, if, if I had to guess, I think overall we're looking at a, a team that can win over 48 games if health uh, is in good standing, like we mentioned earlier. All right, there's a hot take for you. Uh, I think it was Kevin Pelton on ESPN who just gave the over-under for the Pelicans at 45. So Chris is already going over. And uh, let's let's talk a bit more about those back-to-backs that you just mentioned. The Pelicans have 13, which is the perfect mean in the NBA this year. Uh, October 26th and 27th, Brooklyn and Utah. The 31st and November 1st, Golden State and Portland. November 16th and 17th, New York and Denver. 23rd, 24th, New York and Washington. 
December 2nd and 3rd, Charlotte and the Clippers, the 9th and 10th, Detroit and Boston, so on and so forth. Um, 13 of them this year. Uh, and like you mentioned, Houston and Denver on 29th and the 30th might be the most difficult one of these. But for the most part, there's one team with a playoff record and one team that did not make the playoffs the year before. So you were astute with that one. Um, I, I think the next most favorable part of the schedule, Chris, might be at the end of the season in March. The Pelicans finished the season with 11 home games out of their last 16 and in what might be the most important game of the season, the final regular season game at home on a Tuesday night, April 9th, against DeMarcus Cousins and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, no idea what the implications of that game could be if the Warriors come out and win 60 games again. Who's to say there's even anything to play for? What do you think the stakes could be in that game if the Warriors, let's say, are battling for the first overall seat and the Pelicans fans finally get a chance to see DeMarcus Cousins again? Oh, man, I think it's going to be crazy. I, I know uh, a lot of people talk about how in, in 14, the atmosphere of that of that Pelican-Spurs game where a playoff spot was on the line for New Orleans and playoff seeding was on the line for the Spurs. And, um, I mean, I think we could be looking at something at something similar. I mean, I don't expect the, the, the West to look any different than it did last season in regards to it should come down to the final game for a lot, for, for lots of teams. Um, you know, we, you know, we can remember how uh, from from uh, seeding three all the way to eight, you saw so much, so much, uh, so much, so much cluttered, cluttered uh, standing there with so many teams uh, falling in between forty-seven and forty-five wins. I mean, it it was a complete mess. And I know now, you know, I mean. With Denver, Denver missing uh, the game uh, or missing the playoffs, losing their last game, and you got LA coming in. I mean, it's definitely gonna come down to that last game. And I mean, if you can imagine, if if Pelicans Twitter is as uh, if, if they keep the same energy that they've had over the off season and as we head into the season, Boogie coming back for that last game, it, might not, it may not even matter uh, what the records are. It should be a game with a lot of energy in it, a lot of feelings, a lot of passion. Uh, even if if it's reserved, I can imagine at at worst the fans are going to be out there and the fans are going to be acting a playing fool. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, it's it's going to be interesting, but like I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, there's there's no indication that that game will will even mean anything. But even if it shouldn't, just Demarcus Cousins being on the bench uh, is gonna is gonna incite some reaction from the crowd. Of course, Anthony Davis just a few uh, days ago said that if he's not on our team, he's the enemy. So uh, bold words from our guy who's going to be vying for the MVP. Uh, Las Vegas has him as number two in that possibility prediction rating. Uh, ranking for the MVP this year. And of course, he was top three defensive player of the year this year as well. So we'll see how he does coming into this year. But regardless of how he does, it looks again, Chris, last year, the Pelicans made a late surge. They won 20 of their final 27 games, including I think it was the last four or five uh, after losing those four in a row when Anthony Davis twisted his ankle. I want to say it was against the Spurs. It might have been against the Blazers when he twisted his ankle. And then he continued playing, uh, but he he wasn't uh, as effective as he normally was in those games against Oklahoma City and whoever the other three were. Uh, but coming to the end of the season, once again, the Pelicans will have an opportunity to go on a run. We just mentioned that 11 of the final 16 are at home. Here's what some of the games are going to be. March 16th at home for Phoenix, then Dallas uh, on the road then at Orlando, then home for Houston, home for Atlanta, home for Sacramento, home for the Los Angeles Lakers, then at Phoenix, at Sacramento, and then, of course, as we just mentioned, home for Golden State. 
Chris, uh, it, it was an electric atmosphere, um, not only in the Smoothie King Center, but pretty much throughout the, the Pelicans fans nation uh, over the final month of the season, as we saw the Pelicans once again battling for that postseason berth, uh, moving all the way up to six and drawing that that nice matchup with the Portland Trailblazers that we were all hoping for. Do you think we're going to see the same thing again this season? Uh, I mean, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely hope so. I mean, I, I'm high on on what this team can put out on the basketball floor this season. So if 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 they're winning games, football season is over with. So there's not many there's not many excuses. Uh, you'll be hopefully uh, fighting or in control of a playoff spot. And you know, if this if the teams that are that are on their schedule, um, which you know you're looking at Sacramento, Orlando, Dallas, you know Atlanta, Phoenix. Well, actually. Sacramento twice, Charlotte. If these teams are any or anywhere close to the teams that they were last year, the Pelicans, like you mentioned, they could have a shot to get hot um, on their way to you know to a playoff spot and maybe get a you know get a little bit of room away from uh, which again should be a cluttered bunch in the Western Conference. So you know I would imagine that if this team is winning games, if they get hot and they're taking care of business, the city's going to wrap their arms around them. And like I said, football season will be over. Um, and everyone's going to be dialed in on what New Orleans is doing. They'll have, uh, again, one of the more exciting players of the season. And who knows? I mean, by by that time, we'll be talking about Drew Holiday, maybe buying for his first defense player of the year trophy. Are we talking about AD um, putting putting his final, his finishing touches on the MVP trophy? There's so many things. You know, Alvin Gentry, coach of the year. There's so many things that if this season goes well, if they if they defy expectations or national expectations, that by the time March is rolling around and the end of the season is finishing, we could just be we could be talking about a lot more than the playoff, but we could be talking about you know uh, postseason uh, postseason matchups and um, you know and some hardware, some individual hardware for, uh, for a few of the guys here. So um, yeah, I mean I think the buzz uh, should definitely be there. Um, yeah, I mean if if things go the way that at least in my opinion how they should go, how I think they will be healthy. Uh, I think Woody King Center will be rocking and the fans will be there again. All right, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot here and I'm going to make you pick your eight Western Conference playoff teams and I'm going to make you pick one team that you expect to be better than everyone anticipates right now and one team that you think will slip. I'm going to kind of filibuster while you come up with some of your responses. Obviously, uh, the the schedule is pretty daunting because the Western Conference, as we say, every offseason just uh, looks to get better and better. And of course, you've got your Golden State Warriors, you've got your Houston Rockets, DeMar DeRozan in San Antonio, uh, Utah Jazz, and another year older in Donovan Mitchell. You've got Oklahoma City, who uh, many are saying are going to be going to become better without Carmelo Anthony. Of course, they brought back Jeremy Grant. Um, we're going to look to see some more touches from Paul George with Carmelo out of town. Uh, you've got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler's in a contract season. He's going to show out. Carl Anthony Towns has a lot to prove. Andrew Wiggins, uh, the subject of trade rumors, but it's it's difficult to see them unloading that contract. You've got the Portland Trailblazers, who uh, an unsettling offseason, to say the least. Uh, some bickering between Sajim McCollum and uh, Kevin Durant via Twitter. And, of course, Dame Lillard uh, sat down with the owner, and he had a, a, a couple of comments 
uh, about the the franchise and some of the additions and subtractions they've had this offseason. Then, of course, you've got the Los Angeles Lakers after adding LeBron James. Uh, a, a couple of questionable decisions. I'm interested to get your take on what you think of the the fit there with Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, among others. You've got Dallas Mavericks who have upgraded, uh, adding DeAndre Jordan, as well as um, uh, it's Luke. Uh, it's leaving me. I want to say Luka Doncic. Of course, you've got the the Grizzlies, and mm-hmm. they added uh, Luka Doncic. Oh, it's leaving me. But, um, of course, Mike Conley's going to be back. Uh, Marcus Saul's going to be back. Chris, let's break down the Western Conference as you see it. What eight teams do you anticipate making the playoffs? And then give me one team that you think is going to ascend that ladder and one team that might precipitously drop out of it. Ooh, okay. Uh, all right. So, I got – so we got we got Golden State, we have Houston, we have Utah, uh, have New Orleans, that's four, uh, five. We have did I say did I say the Lakers? I, I don't think I said the Lakers yet. The Lakers. I have Denver, the Spurs, and Oklahoma City. Those are my eight. Those are my eight teams that I think that I think make the make the playoffs. And it's crazy to me that I'm leaving out uh, guys like. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, but I mean, we can, you know, we can talk about that a little bit, uh, a little bit later. Um, leaving out uh, Dame Lillard and and TJ McCullough, who I think are, you know, I mean, are, are excellent for what the regular season is going to ask of you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that eight is where is is where I'm heading. A team that I don't think is going to make the playoffs, but I think will be better than uh, what I don't think most people are really talking about at all. I think Memphis is that team. Uh, they kind of got lost in the shuffle after after uh, basically having injuries deplete their roster last year. But if they're taking, if they're going after it again this year, and you're looking at uh, Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley returning, you got uh, the rookie that they drafted out of Michigan State, Jaron Jackson, who looked who looked decent in summer league. You have Dylan Brooks who uh, I think is a is a really a really nice talent, and that's just and that's just a few of the guys that I can think of off the top of my head. But they're they're always they're always there when they're healthy. They're always a tough team to play. Uh, they play they know their style. They stay within their limits, uh, and I'm in, I'm very intrigued by what they can put out um, or what they can add to a tough Western Conference. And the team that I think is, is going to disappoint again is Portland. I don't think that they added much in the off season. I think uh, I think. Dame Lillard and you know CJ, as good as they are, I think they need more help, whether it be from 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 the wing position. Uh, and, and let me listen, Nurkic, he's going to give you a solid 15 points, eight rebounds a game. But you know, is that enough? And can he continue to play in the in in the pace in uh, the fast pace style of, of of basketball that we're looking at? Can they play him for that uh, for 30, 30 plus minutes a game repeatedly and have him be that that important contributor? I'm just not sure. And it's really no disrespect to them. If they were in the East, they probably would be a third or fourth seed. But the West is just that tough. Um, I just think that they're going to be the team that that's weeded out along with Minnesota. And I'm fairly sure that there's a few others that I'm missing. But that's the uh, the eight that I uh, that I'm rolling with. Yeah, the Suns are bound to be better with uh, two lottery selections. Of course, we got the yeah. Clippers, who had the 12th and 13th overall pick, uh, and they also added Marcin Gortat. Uh, you have the Nuggets in. I have the Nuggets out. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, 
Triple J, uh, you had them. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, of course, we have out. I've got the Warriors, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Pelicans, the Wolves, the Blazers, and the Lakers. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, we really, in that order, right. Yeah, as you guys know, we just got access to the schedule. So there's so much more to uh, this than, you know, which which team has the best players, which guys has the best coaching staff. We really need to dive in to see, uh, you know, what these schedules look like. Um, of course, we mentioned what we've seen from the, the Pelicans just in our first look so far, uh, that opening stretch and then that closing stretch where the Pelicans could could uh, establish some momentum and finish the season strong. But uh, we haven't heard too much about the other teams or, or given it much look yet. But those are the final eight teams that I think should make the Western Conference. Uh, but it's it's like you said, it's going to be a slugfest. Now you had um, you had the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let me let me ask you a bit about this, Chris. Uh, there's there's going to be some teams like the Blazers and the Wolves that you just discussed who may fall out of the Western Conference race. And at this at this point, all these franchises across the Western Conference have to be getting a bit frustrated. Uh, many of their star players' contracts are coming up. A lot of these guys are are going to be itching to to start over to to start anew, uh, much in the way that Kawhi Leonard is doing in Toronto at this point. Uh, and as we saw LeBron James, uh, I, I don't know how many films he's involved with right now. It, it's not so much a clean <laughs> slate as it is just diving headfirst into Hollywood at this point. But Chris, how many of these guys like a Carl Anthony Towns, like a Dame Lillard, are we going to see available near uh, the February trade deadline? Well, I don't, I'd be, I'd be surprised if you saw like a car at the town, but a Jimmy Butler, I think is definitely going to be there. Um, I mean, he's, and it's just, even if it's from the perspective that the Minnesota Timberwolves know that he's not staying and he's made it clear when he didn't sign that extension, they would have to uh, have a ridiculous, uh, some, sort of, some type of uh, resurgence uh, in the Western conference again, again, this season. Uh, or Andrew Wiggins would have to come back and be an absolute baller for Jimmy Butler to even consider, I think, staying. Either way, he's made it clear about his intentions, wanting to play with Kyrie. You know, we've heard those rumors go, go back and forth. But, yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I can't see Minnesota allowing allowing him to, to leave anytime soon, mainly because I think Jimmy Butler's going to be gone. You, you're going to have to – if you're going to start off clean, you're going to start with, with a fresh slate. You have to start with somebody, and I think Carl Anthony Towns is that guy. Andrew Wiggins has um, has, uh, has has disappointed uh, when you when when you look at the talent that he possesses, uh, and when you look at Portland again, I mean, I just think they're stuck. They they got caught up in the the off season from hell when the salary cap went up, and they had all this money, and they weren't thinking uh, they weren't thinking as down the line as they probably should have spent money on. Uh, Fessy Zazili, they spent money on uh, uh, Alan Crabb. They gave they they ended up giving giving extensions to, to uh, C.J. McCollum. They gave money to to, to uh, what Mo Harkless, Alfred Camino. Um, what's the other what's the other center? Miles uh, Myers Leonard. I mean, the list goes on and on. And they put themselves in a hole, so they can't really improve the team in which in a way that they would want to, unless they move one of those guards because. They don't have they don't have the market they don't have the money and they don't have the assets to go get another star so their best bet would be to move Dame or CJ you have CJ locked up for a longer period I believe um, and he's probably the less frustrated of the two so 
you probably get the most out of or the most for Dame Lillard. So I could definitely see a scenario where they're around 500, they're struggling, it's some it, it's some rumors and frustration brewing, and you know the Lakers come knocking on their door, you know with a with a you know a couple draft picks and um, a player you know to be named depending on how the season uh, goes and with that circus in L.A. and Dame Lillard maybe looking forward to being a Laker or another team that we're not talking about right now. Yeah, both Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum are locked up through 2020, and I, I think Dame to L.A. is definitely the one that makes the best bit of sense. The reason that I bring this up, Chris, and I'm going to see if you agree with me, uh, regardless of what happens, uh, even should the Pelicans get to the February trade deadline and be sitting somewhere like 20 and 27, I, I think it's safe to assume that the Pelicans, no matter what happens, will not become sellers by the February trade deadline. They're only going to be buyers. But there are some teams in the Western Conference that, it, should they hover around 2027, 20, could become sellers, as you just mentioned, Minnesota, Portland, possibly the Mavericks, and the Grizzlies. Would you agree, Chris, that it's inevitable that the Pelicans are going to be buying at the trade deadline. And regardless of what their roster is now, they're only going to improve as the season goes along, unless, uh, like we say, uh, as, as I knock on wood, unless they should suffer any significant injuries. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I definitely agree with you. I don't think they have a choice. <laughs> you know, uh, the way you look at it here, uh, they're still, they're still trying to, trying to win a, uh, another, another contract with Anthony Davis. So, I mean, even if they're five games under 500 or um, their season has gotten off to a rocky start, they have to be buyers and they have to look to be aggressive and continue to add to uh, this roster. It's unfortunately been Dale Dempsey's momentum um, or, you know, his, uh, his MO ever since he's gotten into New Orleans. He's always had to kind of be, uh, be, be, be in a rush of sense. He hasn't been able to really be patient um, you know, much since he's been on, you know, uh, at the helm. So, um, and like I said, in, in the Western Conference, it just it does it doesn't get any easier. So you have to continue to look to help. We know where the roster has its uh, its deficiencies right now, and where they need to add. Uh, so whether they're winning or they're losing or they're you know they're injured, uh, I know Dell Dell is looking to add, and you know, I, I just I can't foresee it being any sort of scenario in which they're looking to sell and how that benefits them long-term. The only way that you could even look at that as being a possibility is if, you know, Drew or or, or Anthony Davis uh, suffers a, a long-term injury. But uh, as long as those two guys are there, uh, or mainly just, just Anthony Davis, they're going to be looking to buy uh, some somebody's wing, and a future first-round pick will be involved in the trade once again for New Orleans. All right, Chris, I'm going to let you go on that. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Obviously, we're unpacking all of this uh, just as you are for the first time, trying to break it down for you. And, of course, we'll be back on Sunday night with our usual gang, Kevin, uh, Ali, and David Grubb. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for listening, tuning in. Uh, make sure that you retweet this, like us on iTunes, share with your friends all that good stuff. We need your help to continue to grow. Uh, our, our numbers have been up all off season, so thank you guys for that. And like I said, we'll be back just in two days, so this is just an immediate reaction podcast to it. And, of course, we'll do uh, a little bit of conversating about Jaleel Okafer. Uh, and his potential impact on the Pelicans in training camp and whether or not he's going to he's going to usurp Mecca Okafer, the the elder Okafer for that regular season coveted roster spot, uh, backing up guys like Anthony Davis, Julius Randall and Nikola Meritich at the four and the five. And also a special announcement on Sunday. 
we we might try broadcasting live. And that means that you guys can call in. We can talk to you guys. You can have the opportunity to talk to Ali, to talk to David Grubb of Crescent City Sports, to talk to Kevin. Um, so make sure that you check out for that. We'll post the link here uh, at Preston Ellis. So make sure you follow me for all that good stuff. Chris, man, uh, plug yourself one more time. Of course, you guys can follow him at Impatient Bull. He writes for thebirdrise.com. He also writes for Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, what have you got coming up for the Bird Rise, my friend? Well, uh, Kevin, Kevin recently, uh, he recently became my tag team partner there. <laughs> so uh, he put together a piece uh, of, a, of a science project or experiment of sorts uh, to fix the Pelicans' uh, need for a small force. So I'm going to uh, basically finish that. Um, I'm going to finish or put together a part two on that with a little bit of a response to, to what he put together and a twist of, of, of things of my own. And um, outside of that, I'm brewing up a couple ideas uh, in reference to Drew Holiday. Uh, there hasn't been much talk of it's been It feels like a quiet, a quiet, another quiet offseason for Drew Holiday. And coming off the season that he had last year, uh, I think it's fair to wonder if, you know, how he can improve and if there's another level or another step that he can take as a um, as a basketball player. So that's what I'm working on right now. All right. We'll look forward to that. Thank you, Chris Connor at Impatient Bull. Of course, I'm Preston Ellis. We're contributors for thebirdrights.com. Thank you to you guys, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Let's go, pals. Hope you've enjoyed listening to the bird calls on OTG and nothing but net here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes, retweet, share with your friends, and most importantly, subscribe today. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.